Hello, friends, and welcome to Messages of Revival podcast. This is Basil Howard Brown. I'm a revivalist and have been traveling around the world with my wife, Anne, for the past 27 years, seeing God's people being set free by His Word and the anointing. The title of this podcast is The Touch of God. When we have a touch or an encounter with God, our lives are never the same again. Jesus told the disciples to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they be endured with power from on high. We need this power in us today if we are going to be effective for the kingdom of heaven down here on this earth. The power of God brings a transformation in our lives that causes others to be touched when we come into contact with them. Expect God's touch as you listen to this message. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 24. Verse 49, this is Jesus speaking. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. We have been promised the Holy Spirit. Listen to me real carefully. We as believers have been promised the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter, our guide, our paraclete. Somebody sent alongside to help us. In actual fact, let me tell you where the Holy Spirit is. He lives on the inside of us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere I go, the very Spirit of the living God goes with me. Hello. He's always there. There's never a moment that the Holy Spirit is not there. There's never a moment that the Holy Spirit won't be there to lead you, to guide you, to prompt you. To say, yes, do this or no, don't do that. Or stay away from this or go to there. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Hello. That's why we have to learn the voice of the Lord. I've had people question the voice of God. I never question the voice of God. I know the voice of the Lord. I know when God speaks. Because I hung out with Him. Hello. I've hung out. I've got to know the voice of the Lord. Come on now. I've had some people come and tell me some stuff. God said this and God said that. And I just look at them like, really? God? I was in a meeting down in Ohio one year, and, and um, man, the power of God is all over the house, and, and um, Thursday night, it, it was jammed. It was a little country church, but it was just jammed with people. People were hungry, and so I said to the pastor on the Thursday night, I said, I said, what about another week? I said, God's moving in a powerful way. I said, why don't you pray about it, and we'll talk tomorrow night, Friday night, and, and, and you know, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about doing another week, because listen, if God's moving, let's, let's go with the flow. People are hungry. They're coming in. So he said, okay, I'll pray about it. So on the way home, uh, back, to the, back to the motorhome, we were driving a motorhome at that time. The Lord said to me this, he said, he's not going to do another week. But there had been another pastor that came in. The Lord said, call that pastor and book up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and then, and then it'll, the meetings will come out of that, and you can just go. And that was about like an hour away from where we were. So I had another evangelist call up that pastor and, and actually booked the meetings before we even made, you know, before I'd even spoken to the pastor. Well, Friday night I get there, I said to the pastor, hey, come, let's talk quickly. I said, what do you, what do you feel about next week? Because I already knew the answer because God told me, you know, the night before. I said, what do you feel about the next week? And so here's what he said to me. He said, he said, no, he said, God said that we shouldn't go another week. So I looked at him and said, I said, God said that? He said, yeah, God told me that last night. We shouldn't go another week. I said, I said, God? 
like, like God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he told you that? Yes, he told me that. I went, okay. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, liar, you don't even know the voice of God. Hello. You'd, why wouldn't God want to go another week and bless the people? So we did. We went to the next, we went to the, the, that, that church down the road, and, and, and we started Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then the next week, the next week, the next week. Three months we were in that church. One hour away from where we were. Are oh, you listening to me? I mean, you think God's schizophrenic? Hello. God wants to bring a move of His Spirit, and, and, and ministers don't want it. So they, oh, yeah, well, God said this to me. Or you, God never even, they don't even know the voice of the Lord. I've had people come and say, God told me this. It doesn't, it's not even scriptural. You can't even line up with what they're saying in the Bible. It's not even in the Word. Is God going to tell us anything outside of the Word? Hello. But if you spend time with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, spend time in the Word, get to know who God is, get to know what He's done for you through Jesus, spend time with the Father, spend time with the Holy Ghost. Talk to Jesus on a daily basis. I'm telling you right now, you will get to hear and know the voice of the Father so that when God speaks, you will obey, you will listen, you will follow. Hello, you will follow. In many cases, we just need to change the way we think. Really, in many cases, we probably shouldn't think. Hello. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. He said to the disciples to wait. Tarry, wait, wait. Don't go anywhere, just tarry, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. See, let me tell you something. We today, we're not tarrying for anything. We're not waiting for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's already here. The disciples were told to tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. I feel that. But when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, He's never left. So why would we have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come when the Holy Spirit's already here? Let me tell you what, the moment this, the first note is striked on the keyboard and we begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit's in the house and God already is beginning to move by His Spirit and beginning to touch the hearts and lives of people, beginning to soften their heart, beginning to set them free and getting them ready for their breakthrough. That's what's happening. Right away, it's happening right away. Hello. Not waiting. We're not waiting for the Holy Spirit. Well, we'll just we'll spend a couple of weeks tarrying. I'm just tarrying. What are you waiting for? In actual fact, to be honest with you, I don't even want to pray for revival because we're having it. Here's what I want to pray for. I want to pray for the hunger that comes in the hearts and lives of the believers so that they would cry out for more of God. That's what I want to pray because I believe if we had more believers crying out for God, there'd be a greater move of the Spirit. Hello. It's not like we're having dead meetings going, Oh, God, send your fire. Lord, send your power. God, we need joy. Oh, God, please. You tell us to shut up so that I can move. Hello. 
He's already moving by His Spirit. He's already moving by His power. People are already getting set free. We, the, the difference between the 90s and now is just a head count or a heart count. That's all. Because some people in the 90s didn't grab a hold of what God was doing and didn't allow God to change him on the inside. That's why they're absent now. Oh, you listen to me. That's why they're absent now. We're present because back in the 90s and then any other time that any one of you have jumped in the river, I'm present tonight because I allowed God to come and I allowed the Holy Spirit to transform me on the inside and change me back in the 90s. That's why I'm present. I've traveled enough around the nation, around the world to find pastors that want to control what God is doing. I've had them stand in front of me saying, man, we want the move of God, we want revival, and then we show up just like we do here have God just like we see here and then they go, oh, no, no, this is not what we want. This is a little radical. Could we tone it down? No. How do we tell the Holy Spirit, listen, this is a little too radical. You need to, you need to Holy Spirit, you need to calm down just a little bit. How do, how do we do that? Please, come on. Let me tell you something. I would rather grieve man then grieve the Holy Spirit. I would rather grieve man. And I tell you right now, when I say that, I felt the Holy Ghost get on me right there. I would rather grieve man than grieve the Holy Spirit. Because here's yeah, the thing. Man comes and goes. Holy Spirit is always there. Amen. He's my best friend. Holy Spirit's my best friend. We talk all the time. I mean all the time. I mean all the time. Hello? I get peace by hanging out with Him. I get joy by hanging out with Him. I get healing in my body by hanging out with Him. Hello? doesn't matter what we face in the day, in the week. I hang out with God. It's, it's a great journey. Hello. I realize he's got it all under control. He knows exactly what's going on. Amen. Not worried about anything. It says over here, it says, tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Listen to this carefully. Until you be endured with power from on high. Until you be endured with power from on high. What has happened to the power that came on the day of Pentecost? Where did this power go to? Why do we not see the demonstration of the power of Almighty God in the church today? Why don't we see the demonstration of the power of God on TV? Look, I'm, I'm going to say this very boldly. I think, I think these Christian television stations are actually owned by Christians. Right? I, I'm going to say that boldly. I really think they are. Right? Would anybody else agree with that? So why do we stop? Why don't we see the demonstration of the power of God on TV? We're afraid we might offend people. Hello?
So the world look at Christian TV and think we're all just a bunch of deadheads. We have no clue what we... We say one thing with our mouth and then we do something else. Hello? Why don't we just do this? Why don't we just speak the word, decree and declare the word of God, and then allow it to be backed up by the power of Almighty God with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you what, I'm, I'm never afraid that God won't show up. I'm never afraid about that. I, I always know he's here. Hello? We do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. Why? Because it sets people free. I said it sets people free. See, in these last days, something has to happen within us so God can transform our inner man so that we can be that pure and that holy vessel, that we can be that carrier of the Holy Spirit, of the anointing, of revival, of the fire, of joy. The rivers of living water can flow out of our belly to set the captive free. That's what has to happen. God has to come and ignite a fire of revival on the inside of the church. If the Holy Spirit's not welcome, then neither are we. I've shut down meetings before because the minister doesn't want the move of God. Oh, I'm, out, I'm out of here. Oh, you listen to me. I'm gone. Why? Because if you don't want God to show up, then what am I doing here? Because I don't know anything else but that. I don't even know how to have a dead meeting. I've forgotten. I can't remember. How, how do we have a dead meeting? I think I make the mistake by welcoming the Holy Spirit. When I welcome the Holy Spirit, He shows up, and then signs, wonders, and miracles start happening, and, and, and dead is gone. Hello? See, and we, every one of us have to make a decision. I made a decision many years ago that I'll follow the Holy Spirit and we'll do whatever He wants to do, and we're not going to compromise the Word in any way. And we're not going to back off because others don't like it. Oh, you listen to me. I can't, I can't please man and God at the same time. I have to choose. And I'm the one that's going to stand before God. And I'm going to have to give an account to God what I did with what he gave me down here on this earth. And, and I, I mean, heaven help me if I'm standing in front of God saying, well, God, the people. The people. Hello. don't have to be ashamed of this. We don't have to be ashamed of the move of God. You know, some ministers want the move of God on a Friday night or on a Sunday night, but they don't want it on a Sunday morning because there's people that come on a Sunday morning that they don't want them to be exposed or look at the church like there's something wrong with us because we're getting full of joy and getting happy and getting free and getting blessed. I'm like, listen, I don't care who's sitting on the front row. If they're in my meeting, listen, we're going to let the Holy Ghost come in and do whatever He wants to do. Hey, we might never have another shot at it. It might be the only time they're in the meeting. Hello? Why do you think we lay hands on everybody every meeting? Because you might never come back. I'm praying the Holy Ghost get a hold of you and slap you up the side of the head. Amen. And slap you down the other side. That's what I'm praying. I don't want to pray a nice prayer for you. 
I want God to shake you till your false teeth rattle. Hello. I want God to drop a fire on you, burn your blessed assurance, get you stirred up for the kingdom. All we need is 100, 150, 200 people around this area that are on fire for God, that'll carry the fires of revival. Listen, we'll see a great move of God in this area. I'm telling you now, it's not, it's not about the thousands, because it takes a few people to carry the fire, and then they set the fire on others, and then they set the fire on others, and then it multiplies. That's what Jesus did with himself. That's what God's doing today. It's not, about, it's not about me. It's not about these meetings. It's about you getting touched by the power of God and then becoming a carrier of the fire of revival. That's what it's about. But let me tell you what, to get to that place, you have to be hungry and thirsty and you have to allow God to change you. And that could be one of the biggest things that people have to deal with is change. We don't like change. Do you know that in the 90s, really 93, 94, 95, maybe even 96, I mean, it was really like a party atmosphere. People come in, get touched. I mean, God was changing people. Of course, he had changed me, but I was hungry for that. But there were a lot of people that weren't changing, but they were coming in for the experience. And then it was like in 96 where it was like God took away the fence and it was almost like when our feet hit the ground, we were either for revival or not. And then all of a sudden, 96, 97, 98, suddenly there were people that were in the move of God, 93, 94, 95. Now suddenly they weren't there. Suddenly they had backed off. I mean, I had friends of mine. They were on my board, loved the move of God. All of a sudden, well, no, you know, we're going to change a little bit up and we're going to go after the dead. I'm like, all right, man. We'll see you around in the next revival, I suppose. When, you, when you're dying and you're thirsty and hungry and desperate. Hello. And they did. They went after the dead. I had some of their people from their, that church come in my meetings in Missouri. And let me tell you what. They said to me, man, we, we remember when you were back in our church in 94, 95, 96. And we loved the move of God. We missed this so much in our church. They said the only time we get it is once a quarter. Once a quarter, we have a Holy Ghost meeting. Once a quarter. Four times a year. Can you say starvation? Can you say undernourished, malnutrition? Spiritual scurvy? Hello? And these, these are people that were in the move of God, loved the move of God. But, but let me tell you what they did. They wouldn't allow God to change them. See, God, you can come move, but don't change me. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do, but don't change me. And so what they did is they went, and listen, I look at their life, their family. I mean, everything's in a mess. Everything's in a mess. Hello? You can't taste of the good things of God and then pull right back out and then try to structure everything the way you want it to structure because you want to grow a church. Hello. We're not in the book of Numbers. We're in the book of Acts. 
It's not about numbers. It's not about a head count. Are you listening to me? It's about the demonstration of the power of Almighty God. When you have an encounter with God, your life will be transformed from the inside out. I don't care where you come from. I don't care your background. Listen, when you have an encounter with God, everything changes. And when everything changes, then God can take you, raise you up, and begin to bless you and use you in a powerful way in these last days. And I'm telling you right now, that's what God wants to do. It's not about compromising the word in any way. It's about preaching the word of God boldly. Listen, let me close with this. I understand that the message of prosperity, I understand people get upset about that. I, I know they do. I've taught on this message for many years and I look at people and I think they're upset with me. But I'm not going to quit. Because there's more people getting set free by the message than what they are getting upset. So here's the thing. If they get upset by the message, then, then listen, if you get upset by the word, change. Because that's the Holy Spirit prodding at you saying, hey, your life doesn't line up with this word. You need to change. Listen, it's not my fault. It's not the preacher's fault when he's preaching the word and you start getting uneasy about it. And I can tell you right now, when the fire God hits you, the fire's burning on the inside of you, you'll never compromise either. I believe when the fire of God touches people, there's something that happens. That's why the day of Pentecost, there was fire on everyone. Something happens on the inside of you when the fire of God gets on you. You know, when you, when you drive through the country and you look at a, a field, and, and, and many farmers do that, and actually, in fact, the place we keep our horses out there, uh, you know, the cowboy over there, he was welding something, and he, he set the grass. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to tell the story, but he's watching from Canada right now. But, but let me say this. He set the grass on fire, and and it burnt a whole lot of grass, and the fire guys came out, and they put out the fire. Let me tell you what, the, the most beautiful place on the ranch right now is where the fire burnt everything, because now that whole area is green. The rest has got like a brownish color, but that whole area is green. Why? Because the fire burnt everything out of the ground, burnt all the weeds, took all the garbage out of it, and what came out was pure, was, was beautiful green. That's what God does to us. He, the fire gets on us and then everything that shouldn't be there is burnt out. It's burnt out. And then what comes out of us is pure. It's holy. Oh, you listen to me. That's why the fire of God is so important. That's why we lay hands on people and pray the fire of God down on people. Why? Because it's purification that's happening. Amen. We need, and I'm going to close with this and then pray for people. We need as many people as we can get on fire, full of the Holy Ghost, carriers of the anointing in these last days. So we can shake the city of Fort Worth. We can shake the city of Dallas. We can see Texas shaken by the power of Almighty God. We can see America shaken by the power of Almighty God. God has a plan and God has a purpose for America. This nation, this nation is a great nation. And it's got great people. And listen, anywhere, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, I don't care what nation it is, 
Somewhere along the line, they have been touched by missionaries that have come right out of America. Every nation in this world has been touched some way or another by missionaries that have come out of America. And I've said this for many years. I do believe that before Jesus comes, there's going to come another wave of missionaries that will leave these shores and travel the world. But listen to me carefully. Those missionaries, I believe, are going to be people that know the voice of the Lord. They're going to know how to carry the anointing. They're going to be carrying the fire of Almighty God. And everywhere they go, signs, wonders, and miracles are going to happen. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.